You're listening to the Ready, Set, Grow podcast, your one-stop shop to conquering procrastination, stimulating your growth, and transforming your mind. I am your host, Dr. Mary Kay Holmes, lifepreneur and life transformation coach. I have dedicated my life to help push, motivate, and persuade others toward their purpose. This is the podcast for you if you're tired of fear or false beliefs stunting your growth, if you're ready to overcome setbacks and outlive labels, and if you're looking for positive change and transformation, get ready to take bold, intentional action to live your best life now. Enjoy the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am your host, Mary Kay Holmes. I have a special show for you today. We have a guest, actually two guests in the studio that I'll be interviewing today, and that is Cynthia Cordero and Antonio Reza. Antonio and Cynthia recently released a new book that they were a part of titled Outlive the Labels, 18 Powerful Stories of Truth and Determination. And it is a number one bestseller. So I'm excited to have them on the show today. And the book itself is an anthology project where a group of authors came together and chronicled their journeys of overcoming setbacks. And these two authors are here to tell us more about their stories and how you can overcome labels in your own life. So Antonio and Cynthia, it's an honor to have you on. Welcome to the show. I'm going to start with you, Cynthia. Please just take a moment and share a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you so much, Mary Kay Holmes, for having me on this amazing podcast. I am feeling so blessed, and I'm the one that's honored, actually. So thank you. And um, yeah, so yeah, Cynthia Cordero here. I am a retired NYPD detective who is now a chaplain. <laughs> I'm also a mom, a grandmother, and a life coach, author, a vocalist, and a speaker. So yeah. Just uh, a whole lot of new hats, <laughs> a, a whole lot of new titles. I'm also a part of, I'm a peace ambassador, uh, the deputy director general of the security department of WOMI. So yeah, it's, it's been an amazing journey, I, I tell you. So I, I got some new, new titles, new responsibilities, <laughs> but I'm grateful. <laughs> yes, that sounds so amazing. I, I definitely see where you wear many hats. And so congratulations on all the new endeavors. You absolutely deserve it. And you can absolutely take on anything and tackle any project that comes your way. So um, as far as Outlive the Labels, what made you decide to be a part of this particular project? Oh, okay. So <laughs> on this journey, I have been asked to do some things and some things I turned down, some things I truly didn't feel led to do but when i saw this outlive the labels saw the uh the promise of what it was going to be and truthfully i i felt so led i felt strongly led to be a part and um you know i you know my quote is that when she thought her life was over she transformed and unfolded perfectly and i say that and not because i'm perfect but because i serve a perfect god and um i love the butterfly and uh, the transformation of the butterfly. And my thing is, is that if I could say anything, write anything or share anything that can help somebody do that, to be able to uh, wake up and say, you know what, life is not over. You know, I can, like you said, just a few seconds ago, I can do anything, you know, anything is possible. And so to be able to be a part of a project like this, 
um, because I know <laughs> I had plenty of labels that I, some I didn't give myself, some, unfortunately, I, I did, uh, you know, I kind of stepped into it, <laughs> stepped into those places that I shouldn't have been in. Um, but the fact that you can, uh, yeah, you can grow and become something wonderful. And so to be able to help somebody else along the way, I, yeah, I just truly felt strongly about this project. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I can definitely relate to that. And I am just like you. I love the butterfly. Mm -hmm. I've always been fascinated by butterflies. I have a butterfly tattoo on my shoulder. So cliche, I know. But I just absolutely love butterflies. And uh, one of the things that I've always, um, rem a quote that I've always remembered is people marvel at the beauty of the butterfly but rarely admit to the changes it goes through to achieve that beauty. Um, that's something that I have stood by and with all the ups and downs in my life, you know, people look at the end product, but really don't know the process that it takes to achieve the transformation that many of us um, have been able to uh, reach. So thank you so much for sharing that. So tell us a little bit more about your story in Outlive the Labels. Okay, so yes, <laughs> putting together my story and outlive the labels was quite the challenge because my journey has been um man just so much again because there's so many labels <laughs> so where do i start and so my you know mine is entitled i've got your six and some people who have a military or law enforcement background know that phrase i've got your six meaning i got your back and mm -hmm. so um i entitled it that because my beginning started in uh, some really rough places in Brooklyn, New York, some of the projects, I moved a lot as a child. And so people having your back was kind of a big deal. And um, for me growing up, the way that I grew up, surrounded by uh, drugs and domestic violence, and there was so much abuse and so much negativity, um, dealing with suicide attempts, dealing with just, you know, just, so much at such a young age, um, knowing that in the street people had your back, knowing that you, uh, even when I became a police officer, it was a big deal that camaraderie, you know, having your back. But for me coming to Christ and knowing that there was a God that had my back all along. So yeah, because the journey was a bit crazy um, going from being married to being divorced and um, in one minute you're, you're in a home surrounded by so many people and the next thing you know you're single you know starting over and so I just wanted it to be possible uh, for somebody to know that it is possible to yeah outlive the labels whatever those labels are and to know that there are there's a god that has your back but there are also people like these amazing authors and 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 mary mary Kay, even you and um these wonderful places that you can go to and get um support and get help and so for somebody to read it and know that you know what we have your back god has your back but we're also here on this earth we are people that have your back as well and that there's a way to move on from those places. Yes, that's absolutely right. No man is an island. We, we are here to be helpers one to another. And you have already dropped so many nuggets and takeaways, but I'm gonna ask you, if you could pick one takeaway from your chapter, what takeaway would you hope to leave with the reader? 
Okay, so <laughs> Psalm 139 and 14 was a scripture that um, I had to uh, grow to learn, to, to believe for myself, which is, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. Well, I didn't know that very well. And so I, I hold on to that. And when I'm signing my books and when I'm doing different things, that is something that I want people to catch on to sooner than I did. And so the, the only thing was, was that I had to face myself. So the biggest takeaway for me is facing yourself, forgiving yourself, knowing what part, you know, coming to a place where you realize that you played a part in the process as well. Um, you have to forgive yourself. And then the, <laughs> there's that part where we also have to learn to forgive others. Mm. But, but it's definitely a place that we can start from. Um, and so, yeah, write those visions, you know, but face yourself, you know, look in the mirror and ask yourself, what part did I, what part did I play, you know, in, in this process? What part did I play to get to where I am? And, and how can I now not just forgive others, but forgive myself? Because I know that was a big deal for me. Wow. Yeah. And I love that. That is a powerful takeaway. Face yourself and forgive yourself and forgive yes. others. Yes. You know, so it starts, it starts within facing yourself and forgiving yourself. I love it. Absolutely love it. So Cynthia, yes. how can listeners find more about you and where can they find you, find you online and on social media and all of that good stuff? Okay. So yeah, so I'm definitely, I'm on Facebook as Cynthia Cordero, Instagram, uh, Dr. Cynthia Cordero on there, Dr. Cynthia Cordero. I'm on Twitter, LinkedIn, and my website is cynthiacordero.com. Um, my books can be found on Amazon, and they are, as we speak, being loaded onto um, my website as well. Uh, my children's books, Old Marie, and the manual, the activity book. Those are uh, great books for children um, con concerning bullying and depression for young people. So yeah, so those so also all social media <laughs> and my website, CynthiaCordero.com. Those are the main places that you can find me. Awesome. And that's Cynthia uh, Cordero. The spelling will be in the title of this show. So if you're looking for the spelling, it is right there. It will be right there in the podcast title. So you will not miss that. All right. All right. We're going to switch gears and we're going to hear from another amazing author, Antonio Reza. Welcome to the show. Tell us more about yourself. Hi, Mary. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure working with you. Um, yeah. So just a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Antonio Reza. I'm born and raised in California, specifically the Bay Area. So I'm right next to Oakland. Um, with that being said, currently I'm a law student and I am in my second year. It is as brutal as they say. Um, I am currently attending Santa Clara University School of Law. Um, things that I do outside of school right now um, aren't very much things considering just how time consuming school is, but I'm a judicial intern. I'm also working on a variety of projects, whether that is writing for a publication or an op-ed or even a book. <laughs> um, there are some organizations that I'm a part of as well. So I'm part of the California System Involved Bar Association, where I'm the Northern California student representative, and I'm an executive board member of that. I'm also the first student president of the National Justice Impacted Bar Association. 
In terms of my involvement at school, I am the SBA VP of External Affairs, which is kind of like student government. It's the Student Bar Association. And I'm also the external VP for La Raza. Um, so yeah, that's uh, where I'm at right now in my life. Listen, Antonia, if you can see me, I am smiling from ear to ear because listen, you are a man after my own heart, law student about to blaze your own trail and doing all the things that you're doing in law school. It lets me know I was not crazy to have that same type of work ethic when I was in school. And to be able to do all that you do while doing something as rigorous and demanding as studying law and preparing to be a lawyer is just absolutely amazing, phenomenal in and of itself. So I don't know how you do it, but I'm grateful that you are doing the work that you're doing, powerful stuff. So let's talk about Outlive the Labels. Now, you've done this while you were in law school, so why did you decide to be a part of it? Man, I, uh, I decided to be a part of this project for a few reasons. The first one is, well, Mary, you're awesome. You know, anytime you got a project and you want me to collaborate with you on it or whatever, you know, you let me know. I, I believe in you. I believe in the mission. I, I like you. I like your principles, your morals. And when you approached me with this concept and this book, I, I couldn't say no. You know, it's for a, it's for a good cause. The, all the proceeds and the fact that all the other co-authors agreed to donate 100% of the proceeds to fighting human trafficking around the world. I mean, that says something about all the co-authors, you know, and I knew I was going to be around good people. And I knew that this book was a, it was altruistic. And for me, that mattered. And the last reason is because of my voice. I feel like I bring value to the table. And I feel like if I did not share my story and if I did not share my voice far and wide, it would be selfish of me. I did not get this far. I did not make it this far to just squander my gifts, to not share my value with the world. I have not been blessed this much to just run away, you know, take it to the bank and not look back. You know, I have to give back as much as I can. And I viewed this as an opportunity to maybe I'll give back to at least one person with this book. They might read my chapter and it might touch them. So that's why I wanted to be a part of this. Yes, thank you so much for that. And you definitely bring value to this project. I know that so many lives will be touched by hearing your story and, and just the power. I don't want to really tell your story. I, I want you to be able to share with us, but just being able to read your story and me knowing your story just from knowing you, um, I know that there's going to be so many people that will pick up this book and read stories like yours and know that their past absolutely does not define them. And whatever they've accomplished, whatever they have done in life, no matter the, the downs, the ups, whatever they have gone through, this will leave a powerful impact to let people know that they can come out of it. They can come out successful on the other side of pain, trauma, setbacks, all of the above. So again, I'm not going to tell your story. I want you to tell us about your story and outlive the labels. All right. Yeah. So a little bit about me and my story as to what I wrote about in this is just that, you know, it's outliving the labels. I grew up in a single parent household with a Latina mother and it was hard. You know, I grew up in a rough neighborhood where you, you knew, you knew, you knew you were in a rough neighborhood. There was bullet holes in the backboards. There were people with tattoos on their face, neck and hands, even before it was cool, you know, back when it actually had meaning and the meaning wasn't very nice, you know? Um, but the, you know, I'm not saying 
anything bad about those people. You know, I still live in my neighborhood. I have a lot of respect for those people. I grew up with those people. I mean, they're, they're my people. Now, with that being said, growing up in a rough neighborhood and growing up in a single parent household, you start to make some bad decisions as does anybody when they're a teenager. And then when you're surrounded by so much tragedy and pain, which for me included homelessness, it included one of my friends was shot and killed. Oh, excuse me, my first friend that was shot and killed, I was 12 years old. I've since then lost a variety of people along the years and it's been a painful journey um, to say the least. And when I graduated high school, I was one third of my group of friends who got an equivalent to a high school diploma. Now that includes a GED, a late finish and continuation school. And I was only one of two that walked on time at the school, um, at the high school. And the day after I graduated high school, uh, my mom caught me doing something I shouldn't have been doing. You know, I wasn't a saint and she kicked me out. So instead of backpacking in Europe as a graduation gift, I spent that summer in my car or in motels or on friends' couches. Um, with that being said, you know, I finally got my feet underneath me and I was able to, you know, put a roof over my head. And one day I'm hanging out with the homies and chilling and one of my boys pulls out a gun and he says, you know, I'm tired of being hungry and I'm tired of being homeless. And at this point, I knew seven people that died within one year. I had just got done being homeless. There was so much chaos all around me. And I was like, you know what? Fine, you know, let's go. Because why suffer now when you're not promised tomorrow? And everybody who I knew that died, none of them were 20, they weren't even 21 years old. And I was 19. I had just turned 19 years old. So it, for me, it didn't look like there was much of a future. So seriously, if you're clearly not promised tomorrow, why, why even bother? And that was my attitude. It was a hedonistic lifestyle to say the least. I didn't have a one year, a three year or a five year plan because I didn't think I was gonna live. I literally lived moment to moment, trying to find and seek out as much worldly pleasures as I could because I didn't know when I was gonna clock out. Now with that being said, that led to me getting arrested, and that led to the big one. I was arrested and charged with four violent felonies, and back in 2011, all of those were strikeable offenses. Even now, with all the criminal law reform, the, the charges that I was hit with are still strikeable offenses. Now, I was I just turned 19, and that sucked. At the end of the day, I was convicted of one count of second-degree armed robbery, and I received a strike. After release, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I couldn't really find my way. And I was just kind of like floating through life. You know, I was still angry at the system. I was angry at my own actions that I put myself in this position. And I was angry at the lack of opportunities. You know, I just wanted to get my life on track. But every time I applied for a job, I had to check that box and I didn't get it. Every time that I tried to go out and do this, I didn't get it. And it seemed to all stem back to my record and to my felony conviction. And I was like, damn, no wonder why people keep going back, you know, and I got tired of the labels of people that people would thrust upon me. You know, I'm, I'm just a dumb animal. I'm a violent felon. I'm just stupid. I'm inarticulate. You know, I'm going to rob you at any chance that I get. And I'm like, no, that's, that's not who I am. And I got so mad that that's what they had prophesized on my life. They said, you'll go back. And statistically I should have. 
Now, I took this as a challenge because I'm hella oppositional defiance. Like you say, no, I say go. You say you can't, I say watch this. And I love doing that because I love proving people wrong. And with that being said, I did the exact opposite of going to jail and I enrolled in the local junior college. I enrolled in Ohlone College. It's right here in the local neighborhood. I didn't quite know what I was doing, um, but it was the first step in the right direction. And from there, I was like, you know what? Let's give it a good faith effort. And I did. I, I tried my best and I pulled down a 4.0 GPA. And then I was like, well, let's see how long we can keep this going. And then slowly, with a million little decisions, I ended up correcting what was a extremely violent and chaotic lifestyle. So now being where I'm at right now, but again, it wasn't an overnight transformation. It started at a junior college. I graduated there with a 4.0. I managed to maintain that. <laughs> it was very hard. And I had three AAs, a couple of certificates, and I was an honor roll. I got just about every award there, which was truly a, I, I didn't think I could do it. But once I really gave it my all, I was proving them wrong and proving myself right. And I just kept betting on myself. After that, I transferred. I went to the University of San Francisco where, again, I continued to achieve academically. I continued to make Dean's List and Honor Roll every single semester. Um, when it came time to graduate, I had graduated <laughs> as valedictorian. I was valedictorian at USF and I earned every single award offered by my department. And my research was getting recognized. I was doing a lot of primary research about you know, formerly incarcerated and how that impacts communication in the various forms that that may take. And it's, it was wild getting acknowledged for my brain because now the label was no longer a dumb, violent felon who's gonna stick you up and rob you any chance I get. Now it's scholar, now it's a researcher, now it's a philosopher, now it's a critical thinker. I'm, I was no longer some dumb animal. And it's crazy how that narrative started to shift. And again, you know, some people still look at me and they find out about my past and they still, you know, use that rhetoric. But the point is, is that I'm outliving the label. I'm outliving all that negative, all the negative attributes that they're saying that I am, you know, and I'm proving them wrong with my actions. And if they choose to use that label to define me, well, then that's saying more about them than it is me. And, you know, once I got done at USF, I decided I wasn't done. You know, I, I saw injustice in the world and I accidentally became an advocate for formerly incarcerated people. And I know the best way to create change is by going into law. So I did. I applied to a bunch of different schools and I got into a few very, very good schools. And I landed at Santa Clara University School of Law. It's, a, it's been a perfect fit for me and I couldn't be happier with them there. They, they treat me with respect. They value me as an intellectual and they do the exact opposite of giving me those negative labels. My background is celebrated there because of how unique my perspective is. And so much so, I'm also a clinical law student right now for the Northern California Innocence Project. And they value my insights so much because I know just what our clients are going through. So I have a supervising attorney and I connect with our clients so much just because I, I say, I get it, I understand. and. Our clients can feel that authenticity from me and they can feel that compassion. And hopefully, again, you know, these are some of the labels that are being attributed to me now is, you know, intellectual, compassionate, scholar, law student, exhausted because I'm a law student. <laughs> and I hope that those are the labels that 
everybody would be using about me, but sadly that's not. But again, like I said, I'm outliving the labels that I was originally given. And I'm so thankful to be where I am right now. And I am just so just honored even to have you on this show and to know you and to be able to not only experience, hear your story, but to experience who you are and to know that you are beating, beating the odds and that you are changing that narrative and that you're definitely, absolutely proving people wrong. And, and I love what you said that, you know, you're, you're celebrated at your law school now for your unique uh, story, for your, you know, your unique perspective and what you bring to the table because of the compassion that you have based on your own personal experiences and being on both sides of the coin, so to speak, and knowing what others are going through. And that will just absolutely make you that much more of a uh, phenomenal attorney. So I applaud you. I thank you so much for, you know, taking what you've gone through and using it now as an opportunity to inspire others and continue to outlive those labels and to show people that, you know, this is possible. They might not have been formally incarcerated or they might not have gone through homelessness or uh, grew up in a, in a rough neighborhood, but whatever it is that they, everyone has a story. Everyone's gone through something. And this is just an inspiration to anyone. Uh, who will pick up this book and take a glance at, at what you have to offer. And so, Antonio, tell me this, how can the listeners find out more about you and where can they find you online and on social media? Yeah, of course. So my name is Antonio Reza. Um, as Mary said earlier, I'm sure my name will be on the title, but yeah, I'm on, uh, I'm on Facebook. So you can find me there. You can find me on Instagram. And I think that about, you know, that sums up my, my social media presence, I, I'm a tad bit busy, but also if you want to email me, that's fine. Uh, my school email is A-R-E-Z-A at S-C-U dot E-D-U. So my first initial, my last name, dot the initials of my school, you know, and then E-D-U. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. And I really want to just take this moment just to thank you again, Cynthia. Thank you, Antonio. You guys have been absolutely awesome. Um, even just having the both of you on this show together, I don't think that that's coincidence. You know, we have someone who is retired law enforcement, someone who's experienced, you know, um, the, the legal system uh, on both sides now as a law student, uh, aspiring attorney, but also being uh, system impacted and just the phenomenal backdrops to what you all have gone through and the uniqueness of your stories and how even though you have different stories to tell, it really leaves the same uh, imprint and impact or leaves that, sends that same message. There's a common thread, I believe, that res resonates throughout each story. And that is the power of transformation, the power of change, the power of changing the narrative, the power of overcoming. And this book, I believe, is going to leave so many inspired. And I thank you both for your contributions. I thank you once again for being on this show. And I hope you, the listener, have enjoyed what you have heard today. And I invite you to share this podcast, subscribe to this podcast, and leave a review. And I thank you once again for listening. Tune in for more interviews with several of the other authors for Outlive the Labels. And we will see you back here again next time. Thank you for listening.
You have been listening to the Ready, Set, Grow podcast with host Mary Kay Holmes. If you enjoyed the show, we invite you to leave a review and share with your family, friends, and followers. Thank you for sharing and thank you for listening.